You are listening to the Daily Roundup here as part of the Reality Sea Podcast. I'm your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in on this Wednesday. We are going to talk about lists. Lists that happen usually this week of the calendar year because we're in the final week of the year and everyone's got their list. Well, Us Weekly came out with their, I don't know if it's necessarily a list because it's not ranked, but it is a kind of a timeline of things that happened in Bachelor Nation this year, and we'll kind of relive them as well. Um, There was a breakup in the celebrity world from a very famous singer, and honestly, had no idea they were even together. A seven-year relationship, by the way. And oh yeah, Amy Roback and TJ Holmes got in a fight, and they talked about it on their podcast. This is a classic. (laughs) We'll get to all that momentarily. All right, let's start out with this. Us Weekly came out with a column yesterday, basically the biggest Bachelor Nation moments of 2023, and they did it in chronological order. And we'll kind of, I'll read you the headlines, and then maybe I'll talk, you know, give a little thoughts on it, maybe not. Um, January, they said podcast shakeups. Natasha announced she would no longer be part of clickbait, and then they moved Joe and Serena over to Bachelor Happy Hour, meaning Becca and Michelle We're out of a gig. Still to this day, we don't really know exactly what that was other than people were forced out. And Becca, I guarantee, isn't too thrilled with how things were handled. We know this. Thomas even took a shot at the show online. Thomas and Becca seem to be cool with Joe and Serena um, moving in and taking over the Bachelor Happy Hour podcast. But... Becca and Thomas certainly aren't cool with how it went down. And as for Michelle, we don't really know. She's moved on with her life, and she's out. Natasha, I don't know if has said anything about why she would no longer be part of the Clickbait podcast other than what she said at the time. Um, In March, we had the Zach finale. Gosh, that was this year. (laughs) This calendar year was Zach and Katie uh, back in March. Seems weird to think about. In May, Peter Weber and Kelly Flanagan split for good. We know that uh, Kelly is dating a guy named Ari Raptus. And Peter, well, we don't know what he's been doing. We don't know who he's been with other than we do know he went on a date with Davia right before she went on Paradise. That was in May. But I have no idea whatever happened with them, how many times they went out. I said that at the time. They were at a Zach Bryan concert, I believe, in South Carolina, but I had no idea if that was their first date, their second date, their 10th date, or what. But we have no idea. We've never seen them together since. We do know that Peter went and filmed uh, Traders 2 uh, this past summer. That's going to air, I believe, what was it, January? Ah, crap, I already forgot. We went over it last week, but the dates of when Traders Season 2 starts airing, I believe, is in January. In May, we had the whole Brandon and Serene split. At first, it was just an Instagram post with with both of them saying, you know, respect our privacy. And then about three or four weeks later, stuff started leaking. Serene basically uh, came out and said, um, well, Serene came out. um, I I had put it out there that there was a video surfacing. Uh, I put it out on my Twitter account of Brandon at a club with a woman. In October, Serene finally addressed it publicly when she went on Caitlyn's podcast, uh, and she had confirmed that Brandon Hunt cheated on her prior to their split, which is what I had reported back in the early part of June. Brandon didn't take any ownership for it whatsoever, 
said it was a false narrative, but he took ownership for his actions. He just claimed it was a single dance that he had before leaving with his friends. And I'm here to tell you, it's a flat-out lie. It's not true. And Serena's in the right on this one. In August, we had one of the biggest breakups in Bachelor Nation history, at least for this I mean, this year for sure, uh, Caitlin and Jason had called off their engagement in August after three years, and, you know, none of them have spoken out and directly addressed it. They have talked about it on each of their podcasts. They have gone on other people's podcasts and talked about breaks ups in general and how they've moved on, but nothing specific, and I don't think they're probably ever going to get into specifics, which is fine. Um, they both were at Chris and Lauren's wedding, uh, Chris Harrison and Lauren Zima's wedding. So clearly they can be civil with each other, but um, they are not getting back together. We are never, ever. You know that song. Uh, Charity and Dotton get engaged in August, even though they got engaged in May. It was shown in August. Gabby finds love with Robbie Hoffman. That happened in August. I don't even want to address the other story they have in August regarding Josh Sider because... Not a fan of his. Oh, here's a good one in September. Clayton Eckert is not going to be a father. So their story about this just says essentially what happened in September, which was, I guess, the story came out. Yeah, the Sun article came out in September. In an October Instagram video, Clayton announced to Bachelor Nation he is not the father of the twins. I got the good news today. The test results came back early, and they said, little to no fetal DNA present. Let's go, baby. The woman subsequently claimed in a statement to us that Clayton was lying about the results. That's the last thing Us Weekly has ever covered about this story. <laughs> like, you think you're a little behind here, Us Weekly? That's the last thing you have? That the woman in question told you that Clayton was lying? First off, she's wrong when she says that. What is he lying about? There was little to no fetal DNA present in the sample that he provided to the Ravgen lab. So once again, this woman says something and people just run with it and they let her run with it without doing any sort of vetting whatsoever. He wasn't lying about the results. Those were the results. They were inconclusive, meaning his DNA wasn't anywhere in the sample that he sent. Unbelievable. Uh, September also had Daniel Maltme and Michael Leo's breakup, which turned a little bit messy. Um. Uh, Danielle talked about the split, revealing it was not a mutual decision in an Instagram story. She further discussed the breakup on a podcast, saying she was blindsided when he broke up with her the day after she froze her eggs. And Michael, for his part, has claimed that he had previously told her he never wanted to have more kids. Okay. Jerry says, I love you three times in November. <laughs> That's how they deem this. That was a that was the, the title of of one of their big breakout stories in Bachelor Nation this year. Jerry says, I love you three times. Uh, Braden Bowers uh, debuts surprising uh, Christina Mandrell relationship in December. And then in December, also all three Bachelor in Paradise season nine couples implode. We have Kylie and Avon. We have Aaron and Eliza and John Paul and John, John Paul, John Henry and Kat. And then former leads find the one off screen all year long. Let's see. Gosh, let's see how many of these I'm blanking on or whatever. Let's see. Uh, Becca married Thomas. Claire married Ryan Dawkins. And they expecting their first child via surrogate. 
In May, Andy Dorfman married Blaine Hart in Italy. That was this year? Jesus. Stuff flies. I thought Andy got married literally three years ago. Like, I'm so lost on time here. Uh, Tasha started dating Summer House alum Luke Goldbranson. Uh, Hannah Brown got engaged to Adam Woolard. Nick is going to be a dad. Ben Flanick got married and opted to not announce his bride's name. Colton and former host Chris Harrison rounded out the year of Bachelor Nation weddings when Colton married Jordan C. Brown and, and Chris Harrison married Lauren Zima. Wait, Colton's wedding was this year too? Jeez. Why am I forgetting all this stuff? I swear. My mind is going sometimes. Like I can remember some of the most mundane things and the most ridiculous things that mean absolutely nothing. Yet, <laughs> a show that I cover, that is my full-time job, I just forget basic stuff like, oh yeah, Andy Dorfman got married this year. What? Maybe not three years ago, but I, I never would have guessed it was 2023. But shows you how much I'm really locked in and paying attention to some of these things. Man, it's frustrating that... Um, like most of those stories that I just read, I absolutely remember. I couldn't have told you what month outside of anything that happened on the show because the show is very easy to remember what month stuff airs because The Bachelor always airs from January to March. The Bachelorette airs from usually end of June or beginning of July till end of August, beginning of September. And Paradise airs after that, usually September through October. So, And then this year we had Golden Bachelor. You probably heard of the word microdosing. If not, know that all sorts of people are microdosing to feel healthier and perform better. Let's talk about microdosing. You know, it's kind of that just right feeling. Mind and body are at peace after like a nice long shower or a nice workout. You're just relaxed. You feel great. You feel energized. You're in the zone. Microdosing will help you with your focus and creativity. It helps you exercise and post-workout recovery. It helps you fall asleep and stay asleep. Microdose gummies do exactly what I need them to do for me. And I'm not getting high. Yes, there's THC in them, but you're not getting high. You don't even need a full gummy. You can take a half a gummy, which is all I take, before bed every night, and it helps me relax at the end of the day and just shuts off that hamster wheel going on inside my head sometimes. Just chills you out. To learn more about microdosing THC, go to microdose.com and use promo code REALITYSTEVE to get free shipping and 30% off your first order. Again, that's microdose.com, promo code REALITYSTEVE, microdose.com, promo code REALITYSTEVE for 30% off. All right, I wanted to have one Taylor Swift thing for you. has nothing to do with Travis Kelsey, has nothing to do with the relationship, has nothing to do with football, nothing like that. However, I did see this tweet that somebody put out. Maybe it was on Facebook, but it says it's a fun fact about Taylor Swift and one of her songs. And here it goes. If you play Ready For It by Taylor Swift from the Reputation album, if you start playing it at exactly 11.58 and 48 seconds on New Year's Eve, Taylor will scream, are you ready for it? And the bass will drop as soon as you enter 2024. I tell you right now, I am 1000% doing this. This is right up my alley, something I would absolutely do. You got to remember, 
I'm somebody that when I watch Back to the Future, the original, I back time. First off, I watch it on the date that Marty goes back from 1955 to 1985, which is November 12th. And I back time it to when right when the lightning strikes the clock tower and sends Marty back to 1985. We know it happens at 10.04 p.m. I back time the movie so right at 10.04 p.m. my time is when the lightning strikes the clock tower. Like, that's how nerdy I am. You don't think I'm going to play ready for it at 11.58 and 48 seconds come Sunday night? (laughs) Then you don't know me. So, yeah, that's happening. I feel like I'm... I feel like I'm pretty dialed in. Now, I certainly forget things here and there. But I feel like I'm pretty dialed into the pop culture world. I feel like I kind of know who's dating who. Who's been in a relationship for, I don't know, seven years. Come to find out yesterday that Mariah Carey split from her boyfriend of seven years. And his name is Brian Tanaka. (laughs) I swear to you. I had no idea Mariah Carey was in a seven-year relationship with Brian Tanaka. Like, this guy doesn't even ring a bell. Like, this... Who is he? Is he a dancer? Um... Is he a backup dancer? I, I have no idea what his deal is. So, they started dating in 2016 after her breakup from fiancé James Packer. Yeah, didn't even know she had a fiancé named James Packer either. The pair weathered many ups and downs during the relationship, including a brief split in 2017. But he continued to be by her side as a backup dancer and her creative director. Oh, okay. I just <laughs> I had no idea. I'm sorry. I had no idea that Brian Tanaka was a thing and that he had been in a seven-year relationship with Mariah Carey. I think the most important thing I know about Mariah Carey is that she has twins with Nick Cannon who are, um, I guess, what, 2, 12, uh, you know, one-sixth of the children that he has in his life, or whatever it is. I mean, yeah, one-sixth of the children he has are with Mariah Carey. I've lost track of who the other baby mamas are in his life. I just know he has 12 kids. And a couple of them were born days apart, meaning... He was impregnating women at the same time that weren't, unless they were cool with it. I don't even know. I've lost track. Nick Cannon just baffles me. But that's his deal. Must have had a hell of a Christmas. How do you buy for 12 different people from all these different women? Or 12 different kids from all these different women? Like, do you, do you, like, let's just say, I, I, I don't know. What is it? It's at least five different women that he has 12 kids with, right? At least five. It's got to be closer to six or seven. But let's just say it's five. What does he do on Christmas Day? Does he try and make stops at all five houses? Does he just send the gifts to the mother and she wraps them? And he's just like, how can you be involved in, like, I can totally understand you being involved if you have a large family of six, eight, ten kids with your spouse, and you all live under one roof. How are you involved in your kids' lives, 12 different kids' lives with five, six, seven different women? You can't possibly be, right? Other than you're taking care of them, at least I hope he is, considering how much money that guy has. I hope he's setting them up up financially. 
Is that going to replace having a father figure in your life? No, but it's the least he can do. I would think he is, but I don't know enough about his finances with his children. But that's just, I mean, that's almost embarrassing for the chill, for the kids, right? It's got to be. Because you know that people are either saying stuff to their face at school or smirking behind their back that, no, oh, that's Nick's Cannon's one of a 12. It just sucks. And it's his fault, you know? Because he makes jokes of it all the time, right? He doesn't, he's not like, I'm sorry, I ha-, you know, I impregnated somebody else. No, he just makes jokes about how many kids he has with all these different women. It's funny to him. Guarantee it's not funny to the kids, Nick. Guarantee you that. And finally, did you see this story yesterday in regards to Amy Roback and TJ Holmes? They had their, I guess, second episode. Maybe it's their third. I don't know. But their podcast came out yesterday on Tuesday, the Amy and TJ podcast, and they admitted that they spent uh, a night apart recently because of a fight that they had. So I was like, oh, I'm... I read this on Us Weekly. You know, I'm dug in here. I want to know what these two fought about and what their issue was and what caused it. So she said uh, they they admitted they needed space from one another. They actually had a therapist. They basically had a couple's therapist on the show to talk about this on the show. And initially they had said they were open to doing, they were not open to doing couples therapy, but then this happened and they're like, yeah, let's bring them on. So I guess longtime friend, Dr. Jeff Gardier, they brought on and they talked about this. It was a something small that turned into that they let ultimately fester and led to one of them and them not sleeping together one night. And it was in regard to TJ's nighttime routine. And Roback, Amy Roback said this. She said, what sent me over the edge was that we've had this conversation so many times about your sleeping habits. You like to stay up on the couch. You like to not go to bed. You started to make a meal at midnight, and I was just frustrated. I was like, can we just please go to bed? They can. Um, TJ confessed the argument took place right before the holidays. He and Roback were feeling the stress from the busy time of year. They also admitted that alcohol played a minor role. Um, Gardier gave both Roback and Holmes credit for knowing when to let the other wind down. After choosing not to spend the night together for a night, TJ confessed he felt guilty for his thought process resolving resolving the matter, which was his thought process wasn't I need to make sure we're okay. I you know I need to make sure she's okay and we're okay, and I'm going to apologize. It was family's coming to town. We have to put on a good face and we have to be ready for our next podcast and pretend like nothing's wrong. So he also I guess froze her out for a day or two, and she felt like she would rather he yell at her rather than freeze her out during their disagreements. I don't know if that's healthy, but I guess if the alternative is he's not going to talk to me for two days, he's going to leave the house, yeah, I'd like to at least go over this. So, you know, I don't want to sit here and predict what's going to happen to couples because I don't know. But if we're already having this type of fight this early in the relationship, I mean, they're a year in. Technically, I guess it's not early. Because they claimed when they did come out, finally, and publicly talked about this, they were saying, like, look, this started basically last summer. But that seems like a really, that almost seems like they are downplaying the role that alcohol played in that particular fight. Because that seems like something that you wouldn't 
get that mad over unless you were drinking and you were a little tipsy. Hell, it even could possibly sound like Amy was in the mood and he wanted to go make a fucking sandwich and she got a little mad at him. Could be something like that. But I guess this is his nighttime routine where he goes to make food really late at night and she wants to go to bed. And she wants to go to bed. It sounds like she wants to go to bed with him at the same time every night. You know, (laughs) I think about this when it comes to myself sometimes. And, you know, for those that know, Kat Dunn from Big Brother was the last, you know, serious girlfriend I had. Um, And that was, it ended in 2021. You know, I've dated since then, but nothing serious. And... For me, you know, when I was dating Kat in 2021, I did not have a daily podcast. So she never had to deal with me recording late night podcasts every night and then going to bed at one o'clock in the morning, which is pretty much my routine. So I'm really curious. I mean, obviously, uh, you know, I'm not in a relationship right now, but it is something that I think about going forward. If I am going to be in a relationship with somebody, I don't know what their bedtime is, (laughs) but, and I don't really record, I can't really record my stuff earlier. Sometimes I can, but for the most part, I don't start recording till about 11 o'clock my time, 11 o'clock at night. And I record back-to-back podcasts, which are roughly 25 to 30 minutes. And then it takes me another 10 to label it and upload it and stuff like that. And then I'm usually scrolling TikTok or playing Wordle till about one in the morning and then I'm done. Then I'm in bed. But I don't know. I mean, I think I have a I think I have a very late bedtime. I don't think most people go to bed at one o'clock. If not later. I mean sometimes I'm up till two. So is that gonna bother somebody that I'm possibly in a future relationship with, you know? Are they gonna be able to go to bed? What if they go to bed at ten or ten thirty? And I'm like, I'm not even I haven't even started recording my podcast yet. (laughs) I don't know what to tell you. Like this is, you can say, well, you need to compromise. You have to start recording them earlier so you can go to bed at the same time. I don't know. Is that a rule? Do people go to bed at the same time? I'm I'm honestly trying to remember when I was with Kat what the nighttime routine was. And I'm completely blanking. Shit. I I don't, I, I honestly don't remember. If I went to bed first or she did, because like I said, this was before I had a daily a, a daily podcast that I recorded every night. So I don't remember. I, I think it was most of the time we just decided to turn in and be like, all right, let's go to bed. But shit, I don't. There's got to be some nights where, we're, where our schedules were off, right? I guess I haven't really put a lot of thought into this. What do couples do that sleep differently and have completely different sleep schedules? What happens? Because when the other, let's say the other one goes to bed a lot earlier than the other one, than the other person, do they get annoyed that that person is climbing into bed an hour, two hours, three hours later than them every night? Does it wake them up? Does it prevent them from sleeping? I don't know. I guess everybody's different. Everything is a case by case basis. There is no universal answer for this. But trust me, it is something that I have thought about because I have not been with anybody. Uh, in a relationship since I started my daily podcast and I have to record two every night, Sunday through Thursday. Yeah, because I don't record one Friday and I don't record one Saturday. 
Sunday through Thursday, I have to record two every single night, no matter what. I've never missed since I started the Daily Podcast and the Daily Roundup and the Sports Daily. Daily Roundup started July of 2022. Sports Daily started the first Monday of this calendar year. So we're coming up on one year I've had the Sports Daily. I I don't know. I guess someone's just going to have to accept that and deal with it. Maybe they go to bed late and I don't have to worry about it. They're going to wait for me to finish before they, you know, go to bed or maybe they fall asleep on the couch. I come and record these and then I go get them when I'm done. Shit, I don't know, but man, <laughs> being in a relationship is tough. Coinciding your sleep schedules. That's not an easy thing, right? There's got to be couples that have issues over this. I don't know. Anyway, thank you all for listening. I really appreciate it. Please follow me on Apple Podcasts. Also, uh, rate and review if you can. Uh, The Sports Daily will be up in an hour from now. We're back tomorrow with yet another Daily Roundup. So thank you all for listening. I really appreciate it, and I will talk to you tomorrow. See you.